welcome back to another edition of the Gas Podcast. As always, I am Jake Egged. And I'm Christy Martino. And together we will bring you the hottest takes, the best commentary, and the most delightful conversation you will hear about all things sports. Uh, we're going to start off today's episode talking about the World Series. Tonight is Game 6. The Dodgers have a chance to clinch it. Uh, we're also going to review some of the most relevant college football games uh, pertaining to the Pittsburgh area mostly. Uh, just to just to you know wet our feet there then also give you a more in-depth breakdown of NFL week seven highlight a couple big games there we're gonna wrap up as always with our parting thoughts and shots give you guys our takes on the most pressing topics so uh, stay tuned we'll be right back after a short break uh, so stay tuned series some baseball talk uh like i said game six is tonight how we got here since you last heard us games three four and five were played all in arlington texas where the world series is being hosted this year uh, game three went to the dodgers game four to the rays and then game five to the dodgers it's been one 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 so far no game has mounted a winning streak it's been incredibly competitive uh the stars certainly have come out to play guys like mookie Betts flying around the field stealing bases making an impact on the Bates Pass. Speaking of the Bates Pass, been some real errors and gaffes uh, that have that have really highlighted this series. None bigger than the Randy Rosarena play in Game 4, which they ended up winning. Uh, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, he really should have been out. So, I mean, the realistically, the, lucky, the Rays are lucky that this is 3-2 and, and, or, you know, yeah, 3-2 and not over. I disagree with that. I think this Rays team is a great team. It's built on home runs and scoring runs and bullpen, and I feel like the, the Rays are right where, right where they want to be. They're just hanging around. That's what they've always done all year. Yeah, uh, not not exactly stellar pitching, but going against the Dodgers lineup, that's not a surprise. Dodgers 1 through 9, especially whenever they can get facing a right-handed pitcher, which the Rays have plenty of, um, definitely gives them an, advan- an advantage. I mean, like I said before, having a guy like Bellinger hit sixth is absurd. And, I mean, he's in a comfortable sixth spot. Uh, Peterson, left-handed bat, making him uh, has had some big big hits so far. And, like I said, it's been good defense, weird base running, and a lot of home runs, which for, you know, especially casual baseball fans, people love the long ball. Uh, it's been an entertaining series even for a casual fan, and I think, I think that's all baseball could really hope for. Yeah, they won it. They won Game Seven. They want it to be close, and um, baseball is right now a dying sport, and they're just trying to do everything to bring it back. And um, the long ball certainly helps. People love runs, and nobody really wants to sit there and watch a pitching duel unless you're an old school baseball guy. Um, you got the Blake Snell and Tony Gosling starting next game, and I have the Rays winning this one. Starting in starting Snell. Game Seven. Correct. Game six. So so it's Gonzalez and Snell tonight. Yes. Oh wow. Um, yeah, that that changes things. I really I, I didn't do too much research. I thought it was Bueller. I think Bueller did game three, so I th- I thought they would bring him back. Um, yeah, I that's I, they definitely have the edge. But like Blake I said, Snell was cooking last time out, and I'm giving the Rays this edge. I gave the Dodgers the last one, and give me the Rays this one. 
like I said, it's been very tightly contested throughout. It's really gone down to the last couple innings, especially especially in, in, in terms of the amount of base runners each team has had in key situations, and maybe they haven't, haven't been able to get them in, but a lot of tension, a lot of drama throughout. Yeah, and um, we'll do the World Series MVPs uh, predictions. I think it's going to be Turner if the Dodgers win. Uh, he has been absolutely hot. He did what games two and three um, with a first inning home run, which is the first time that's happened, I believe. Uh, and I mean, he's like he, you know, three hitter. He's been super solid. Has played fine defense. Uh, what about UC Ball? I have Corey Seager. He's six oh nine OPS. Or OBP, excuse me, and then one point four three OPS, and then he had two home runs, four RBIs, seven runs, and scored in each game. I'm on Corey Seager to be the World Series MVP. And it's one of those situations where, since he did win the MVP of the NLCS, mm -hmm. uh, he kind of has that momentum and that shine right now. So as long as he doesn't bottom out, people are going to remember what they did, and that matters for, for like in terms of the voting. Yeah, he certainly he certainly wasn't the favorite coming in as Mookie Betts and Bellinger were, but um, he's caught fire at the right time if the Dodgers or not the Dodgers if the Rays somehow pull this out win two games in a row um, I think you've got to go Rosarena he's been electric but also sneaky name Brandon Lau not a great average but three critical home runs yeah I mean I, I'm a big fan of his and started to throughout this playoffs and he is something else he, the way he hits, straight power, and he's that spark plug that they were in for. I'm still wonder, I'm still waiting for Wonder Franco if we'll ever see him in this World Series. Yeah, even just for you know electricity purposes, a little spark maybe. Yeah, maybe a pinch runner. Yeah, something like that. Something, but I'm excited to see what they would do. You'd think that they would have to at least look his way coming up. Like said, well, why e bring him in? Even, yeah, j even if it's just pinch runner, defensive, spark plug type situation, just get you know get the gears flowing. The Rays among, you know, considering all other teams are not afraid to make adjustments to their lineup. You know, their two-hitter might be on the bench next game. Their, their seven-hitter might become their one-hitter. Yeah, I mean, like, they're not afraid to go with what the analytics say, but to a to degree, it, it has to be a gut feel. And if you think this guy is legit, which, you know, all the analysts and everything thinks he will be, even though he is very young, let's bring him in. Soto did it last year, which Soto, you know, farther along in his development than than Franco is but you know the teenagers can can have a lot of success and sometimes just bringing in a guy that nobody has faced before you know just gives a breath of fresh air to a lineup and gives you a, a different opportunity yeah it'll be a certainly exciting and keep our eyes on Blake Snow certainly but we'll keep our uh, eyes out for game six like I said should be going on pretty shortly is it tomorrow? Oh, wow. I am just out of it. I am just out of it. What, they wanted to compete with Sunday Night Football but not Monday Night Football? I don't know why, hmm. but. Yeah, confusing. Well, they got to deal with The Bachelor tomorrow. So Yeah. I'll, I'll, hey, I'll pull out the two TVs for that one. <laughs> Moving on, uh, some college football talk. Uh, the big one this weekend, uh, well, if you are in the greater Pittsburgh area, it was Pitt-Notre Dame. Wow. Wow, they should refund all all season tickets solely for that performance. I mean, tickets were going for about 150 a piece, and uh, for four for a group of four. And um, this is as I seen coming. I seen this coming. There's no way that they were going to pull this off. No picket 
big problems, and um, I don't know why the spread was so close. I don't know why it was nine and a half. It fell. If you ever took Pitt, show me so I could call you a clown because, come on now, there's no way. I had Notre Dame in this one. I hammered them down and made some money off this game as I had them at nine and a half, and they covered it easy. Yeah, Seaball's crystal ball. He peered into it, and he uh, he saw the future. I, 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 that's, I have a tough time betting against Pitt just because I am, a, you know, a fervent Pitt fan, but it's getting tough at this point. They really need to make an adjustment. I understand Pickett's out whatnot, but they look bad. They can't get anything going on offense. I, and the defense is – I mean, they, they can't tackle. And if they, you know, if they basically – if the guy gets the ball in, in the hands, he's not coming down in the open field. So I – can see uh, Narduzzi getting fired up at the end of the season as this team might win maybe one or two more games at most. Yeah, they're and three and four one of the now. Worst pit teams, yeah, they're they're not they're not good. They're and, and and I was talking I was I was talking over, over the weekend. Sorry to cut you off, but these these losses would be would be easier to stomach, you know, to, to teams like Notre Dame and we play Clemson down the road if we were able to beat the North Carolina States and the Dukes of the world. But Georgia we don't. But, but we don't. We we either play them incredibly close and it's super sloppy, or we just outright lose to them and, and, and just embarrass ourselves. That win, that, that win against Louisville feels long, long ago. And remember, Louisville just played a, what, 12-8 game against Notre Dame. You know, they are much more competitive now than they were when they played Pitt, and it's just embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough right now and. It's not even a rebuild. It's like six years he promised us a winning a 10-win season, and that was the goal and the talk around Pittsburgh, but it's just not going to happen this year, and not, it's not going to happen next year. No, but speaking of 10-win teams, you got you have a traditional powerhouse like Penn State, thankfully dropping one. If you want to use the term powerhouse. I, so, they, so when I first started Tackup. At least in terms of up, the recruiting classes. Yeah, well, we'll give them that, but I, um, I promised I wouldn't bash Penn State when we came back on because I tore James Franklin a new one on the last show that we had, and um, they stink. I don't know. They're overrated at eight, oh, eight oh, for oh, sure. Incre- they, they've been overrated. It's a very for... young team, and honestly, I had Indiana with the points. I should have hammered down on that more. I they uh, Penn State always plays them tough, and Clifford just wasn't good in this one. And this will, this game, if you caught it, will probably be the best photo finish you've ever seen in college football. That that was just I that was not that was not a score. At that, the end. Was, that, that was that was a touchdown. That was not in a real score time. At the that's end. a touchdown. That was not a score at the end, and it, it is. It was too close to overturn. I don't understand with all the angles, and I understand you know the game speed. It looked like it, but you have the frame by frame twenty different angles, and you still can't get the call right. Like I said, I am happy that Penn State lost. I am okay with saying that. Here is my bias. Do what you want with it. But that was not – I just don't think that was a score at the end. Realistically, in, Indiana should be more concerned about the fact that they blew the lead and they it got to that point. But, you know, that's just – that's just you know, officiating and everything is so iffy, so wishy-washy sometimes. I love the, the fact the, the that reviews. they went for two and it was either we're, – we're, we're either going to win Oh, now no, or, no, I do yeah. like that. I do like that. That's a, like a I game where that. people really don't think you're going to be in anyways. Just go for it. What, what does it matter? You're playing your first game of the season, October 23rd. Just go for it. And another game that I was glued my eyes on was um, West Virginia and Texas Tech. I This one pains me because I had Texas Tech at plus two and a half. They lost by three. So I lost out my huge parlay by half a point. Um, uh, excuse me, that was, that was another game, okay. right? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all of your. There's so many bets and stuff that I'm locked in on. Oh wait, that's why they're not ranked because West Virginia stinks. That's why. Um. Yeah, West Virginia just you know they're stuck in that Big Twelve purgatory. Yeah, no, no, I'm right. No, they they play Texas Tech. I'm yeah. right. I'm thinking of another Iowa State. Okay. Iowa State lost by. Okay. My apologies. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Texas Tech, I actually took their money line at two eighty four coming in. Um, the wrong team here was favored, and Texas Tech jumped out quick and never really gave it back to West Virginia. And for West Virginia and Penn State to lose on the same day is always a great day. Yeah, that that certainly helps soften the blow of Pitt losing. But a Pitt win with those two losing would have been even better. Yeah, it was just a good one all around. I mean, Zach McPherson had that 56-yard fumble recovery to just seal the deal for them. And um, West Virginia shot themselves in the foot. They're 3-2. and two. Texas Tech should have always been favored in this game. And, um, yeah, it was, it was exciting. It came down to the last ending. I said I had, a, I, had a, I had a galaxy brain moment months ago. And I said if, like, if one of their fears is, you know, travel and whatnot, they should, like the NCAA and, and, and teams that are in it should just – do like geography based divisions where Pitt would be playing WVU and Penn State and yeah, you know maybe even like Maryland's and yeah. Rutgers just 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 for your, just for purely travel based purposes it never what would have happened just because of you know the money tied into ACC network and you know this that I get it but it really would have been cool to see and you know it basically would have just been like a punt on the whole divisions for for a year and say you know what play teams close to you play teams you have a rivalry with instead of playing them once every three four years just go ahead and play them all at once yeah I think um another one big coming into college football last week was um Clemson being 48 favorites yeah wow they didn't cover yeah no I mean yeah, they didn't that's even rough. score 48 that, points yeah that's rough uh, Syracuse did hold their own though, and um, I just thought that was funny how they they were forty eight yeah, point favorites. That's that, I, Syracuse is bad. They just lost to Liberty last. I'm not week. gonna lie, thought about it for like three seconds, and then I was like, that's ridiculous. But um, yeah, after their big win last week, it was just yeah. College football is certainly shaping up to be you know the blue bloods are that you know that have the better facilities, better coaching, um, especially coaching. They, they're coming out, and they are playing well. The middling teams that really weren't able to get people in the building as much and haven't been able to do uh, you know, nearly the same amount of preparation as other teams are, it, it's really starting to show. But, I mean, it really is topsy-turvy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there's um, – and we could get more into this uh, Thursday, but um, there's nothing really um, coming up on the big slates for next week. Um you got uh, North Carolina, Virginia. That that's about it. But uh, Ohio State and Penn State's next week, so that's always a great game. Seven thirty on ABC. Yeah, even I mean teams. The teams are are either starting out incredibly fast or incredibly slow. Ohio State started slow. Michigan started fast. Penn State started slow. So the Big Ten, especially the first week coming back, it's going to be hard to get a grip on you know who's who. Rutgers beat Michigan State. So. The Big Ten will be an interesting analysis on this whole like eight-week compacted schedule, um, but also around the other teams. You know, people are shaping up to be who they are, and you know, as it says, that you are who your record are is. You are who your record is. Uh, and after that college football talk and some World Series talk, we will take a break. And on the other side of the break, we will talk a little NFL. 
upcoming, or recap the upcoming week. We'll be right back. some of the key key games from NFL Week 7 that, you know, we're getting to the midway point. Teams are starting to separate themselves, and they are starting to reveal who they truly are. I think no more than the, realistically, the, uh, realistically, the Seahawks games. But we'll finish up with that one. Uh, The one that I want to start out with first is the Pats on 49ers. Pats, three-game losing streak. They're two and four overlooked in this whole thing cam newton and you know just um patriots quarterbacks in general have combined for three passing touchdowns on the year that's atrocious an atrocious mark uh, tom brady on uh, you know for for reference who obviously left the patriots has 18 yes so when he left those the thing was oh bill Belichick's checks there let's go with jared Sidham. we'll be fine a quarterback whatever whatever we'll bring in cam newton and then it doesn't work. It's not working out right now. Uh, we're here on an overreaction Monday, and it's not. I don't know if it's really an overreaction, but the Patriots stink. They're two and four. Um, this they haven't been this bad since two thousand one. Their defense is just as bad as their offense. Cam Newton's not what he is right now, and no run game, no wide receivers. I mean. Bill Belichick's helpless right now. Well, he he was especially with all the opt outs that they had. Belichick was. They tasked. did have a lot. Yes, Belichick high tower. Belichick was tasked with making lemonade out of old, dirty, disgusting lemons. Yeah, but that's um, what he does, though. Y- yes, but that is whenever, especially whenever you have the rock solid foundation of Brady on the other side of the ball, you're able to do some other things, and it, it, I wouldn't say this is you know this isn't revealing. Belichick to be a bad coach or an overrated coach by any means, or, you know, over no, the hill just, or needed Brady. No, they just, the over. Uh, oh, it, New England's it, no longer a powerhouse. It is over. It is what it is. It is over the, it, it was over the moment Brady decided to switch before he even put pen to paper with the Bucks, And when he said, you know, I'm out of here, I'm gone, um, they, they had to retool. They were doing it on the fly. Like I said, they, 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 they've dealt with more opt-outs than any other team, and it's starting to show. Um, they were able to mask it a little bit early on, but – um, as injuries have started to mount and as COVID has mounted, uh, they are they are, every week they're losing in different ways, which is not typically things you would say of the Patriots. You know, last week they lose to the to, to the Broncos with the Broncos kicking six field goals. This time this time they get absolutely pounded by the 49ers from the opening whistle. You know, guys like Jeff Wilson don't score three touchdowns against your traditional Bill Belich- Bill Belichick led defense. And I think that like, you know, that whole Analysis is is the biggest thing. This is not the Patriots team that we have known, um, and everybody knew that going in. But it is it is a shock to a lot of people that they just look this bad on really both sides of all. They look slow. They're a slow team. Yeah, and maybe this is what we should expect now from the Patriots when we think of New England, um, just average, maybe below average. Even I don't know how they fix their problems. I don't know what they're going to do about Cam Newton. Maybe they draft a quarterback and. Bill 
Belichick tries to transform him. They have no weapons on offense, and that was one of the big things with Tom Brady. People thought, oh, Tom Brady's gone. They'll be fine. It's fine, and it's not. Edelman should have pushed his his cards a little bit um, you know, stronger. I think he could have gotten out I think, if he wanted. I, yeah, I, he I, didn't I think it. he should have tried a little bit harder to get out of there and follow Brady. Um, he looks bad, but, I mean, he's kind of relied on Brady to be – you know, so successful, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but he's, you know, just a lot of their guys that have been mainstays are on the end, are on the backside of their careers, especially on the defense, and it's starting to show. Uh, certainly, I think another takeaway is not not just how bad the Patriots look, the demise of the 49ers, and you know, the demise of Jimmy G. Has, I don't know was that team. Well exaggerated. Yeah, they are I, very, very well coached. They are well coached, but. I'm still not sold on them at all. They just they just kicked the Rams' ass last week I on national it. TV. I get it. You get NBC. Teams catch fires. I catch fire. I get it. But I'm still not sold. I'm not buying in. That Dolphins game. That Dolphins game was a mirage. They are not that team that they're got four handed. and three. They, I mean, they they are four and three, but they've dealt with a litany a litany of injuries, um, and just a couple just which is why I'm not buying in. A couple just clunker games. Winning no, games, know, I'm buying in. But they got a tough schedule. They got the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. I mean, I just don't see them making the playoffs. Now, one one stat that, that I personally am a big, big fan of is point differential. And I think especially as we near the midway point, um, it's interesting to look at uh, point differential as an indicator of a team's strength. Because, you know, the cream is going to rise to the top, and there also are going to be some be a couple of surprises in there. Uh, New England, now since we're on New England, point differential of minus 28. They are sandwiched between the Raiders and the Bengals. So that that is the tier that they belong in. Uh, conversely, San Francisco, they are 7th. In point differential at plus 45, sandwich between Miami, which is a surprise, and in, in Indianapolis, even higher than Green Bay. Right. So, that's, I mean, that's they, they, they've dealt with some weirdness, and you even, you know, they are seventh right below Miami, and they got pounded by Miami. They are a strong team. They will figure it out. They're going to be in the playoff picture, and especially that run game uh, is not something you're going to want to see come playoff time because, as we saw, you know, just with the 49ers, also the, the run Tennessee went on last year, run game can take you somewhere in the playoffs. Yeah, and um, speaking of run game, we're going to switch to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the L.A. Raiders as Leonard Fournette. Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. I know there's a lot of teams in L.A., but. Did I say L.A.? You did. Well, Las Vegas, uh, Fournette 50 yards. Tom Brady looked maybe as good as he did his first year starting in the league. Yeah, there was that one. There was was a, uh, you know, one of those, you know, next-gen stats that came out. He, on his touchdown pass to Scotty Miller, 55 and a half air yards on yeah. it, which is his, hi- which is his yeah. highest in five years. The dude, I mean, the dude is still there. It's, it's one of those things. He, couple, he throws a couple bad out routes that, that get taken back the other way for six, and we start talking about, oh, he doesn't have the arm strength. Maybe he doesn't have, you know, the same arm, arm strength to get it out there, but he can certainly still sling the ball around the field, and you give him even a little bit of time in the pocket, he's going to dissect the defense. He's smartest guy on the field at every point in time, and – I hate to say it, but adding a guy like A.B., if he can get his mind right, is, gonna, is only going to make that team more dangerous, uh, especially considering the other wide receivers they have there are great, and they also aren't divas, which really helps um, just team chemistry and, and, and helps you get a sound game plan week in, week out, where really anybody 
can take the torch. Yeah, this defense is legit, but I'm still trying to think. I'm still not sold on the box. I mean, it's Tom Brady. I mean, one, if he's not there, they lose. I mean, the defense will keep him in, but they have no run game. I mean, Fournette's still trying to find a footing. He's not going to find it. Uh, you got Jonesy there. He's inconsistent some days. Depends on the game script. I'm, I'm just not sold on this Buccaneer team yet. I don't know why they're third in Super Bowl favorites. You want to talk about point differential? Yeah, they lead the it. league. In point Plus differential. 80. Yeah. I mean, that defense, it's legit. It is. Defense, but it's the offense that I'm worried about. That's what I'm saying. It's one of those things, like I said, you know, running game can take you somewhere. Conversely, not having one can make you one-dimensional. Um, and I think once once they start getting more in, in, into the heart of their division games, playing the Saints again, uh, and playing some of the other strong teams coming up on their schedule, it's going to reveal who they are. But as of now, man, I they are they are who they are. They are the best two-win team in the league or two-loss team in the league, and. They might be poised for a little bit, a little bit of a run here. Tom Brady getting maybe getting some MVP buzz. Like I said, he's second in the league in touchdowns behind Russell Wilson. Uh, he really, he really might. Especially with, with with how Allen Wilson have regressed a little bit. Mm-hmm. MVP talks at forty three is absolutely absurd. But that's who he is. He he was not going to go out with a whimper. He'll figure it out. Gronk Gronk looks good. Um, they controlled the game against the Raiders. They showed why the Raiders are, you know, not in not in the same class like people wanted to talk about. Yeah, I mean, as long as Brady's doing what he's doing, and he looks so young, he's buying in what Bruce Arians is selling. You got Byron left, which there, that team could definitely make a run. I'm just, I mean, I know we're this deep in the season, and they'll definitely be a contender, but they're not to me a Super Bowl favorite. We'll see. Like I said, that defense can certainly take them places. So as long as the offense is man is, is you know serviceable, they're certainly at the they're they're certainly in in the conversation in the NFC. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, anytime you got Tom Brady, you're gonna be there. Uh, we will switch to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and one, the Tennessee Titans. One of the weirdest, um, but most exciting games of the weekend. There were some good ones, but. Uh, it started, the first half was completely controlled by the Steelers. And it's, you know where it started? The, the coin flip. So the Steelers win the toss. Instead of deferring, they take, take the ball, the ball oh, first. They take the ball. And then I thought it weird that Ben was zipping it on the first drive. Oh, absolutely. Running. Absolutely. I thought they were going to rush it, take the ball out of D. Henry. But, yeah, right, they were getting on them like gangbusters at defense. I mean, that all that was probably the most dominant first quarter, even first half, that I've seen the Steelers play in – Six years. We have we like the the Steelers have one of the like one of the skinniest secondaries that I can think of, and that's a real problem against guys like Derrick Henry and AJ Brown, who are grown men. Uh, it's hard to bring them down. Luckily, luckily the linebackers were active and they were able to corral Henry. But Brown did really whatever he wanted to do. That big seventy-three yarder where Minka just straight up fell. He, I mean, Minka looks disinterested in tackling at at times, uh, and that's all good and well whenever he's causing turnovers and and, and getting the ball in his hands, but. Whenever, whenever we're up twenty, we don't need you to intercept the ball per se. We need you to, we need you to keep like a sixteen-yard gain, a sixteen-yard gain. You can't have that turn in, into a seventy-three-yard touchdown and give them life. Yeah, um, uh, we found Juju. Yeah, that's I. I said the the demise of Juju. Here he is. Everybody say sorry to Juju. I mean, sorry, Juju. Sorry, Juju. Uh, yeah, he is. He's I, fine. He is you, fine. If you caught us uh, Thursday, uh, I said this is Juju's coming everybody out party. Everybody wanted. Everybody wanted us to trade him and get rid of him and and, and, and banish him to, to making TikTok videos only. He 
He is I a selfless, still against that. Selfless human, a selfless wide receiver, and whenever whenever we call his number, he's there. That's what I said. I was saying that on Thursday. Uh, ben three picks shouldn't have been three picks, but the stat light and the stat line in this one is deceiving. Oh, absolutely. Ben and, looked good in this game, and it and it was a really weird game for. Uh, Tennessee getting a lot of weird calls, a lot of weird like balls bouncing their way. Not only the interception balls, that was tipped, yep. but there was that one play in the first half. I think it was going to score their second touchdown, I believe. Tannehill scrambles up the middle, does a weird spin move, gets blasted by Vince Williams. Ball bounces yeah. right down, right up into the belly of a Titans player. Middle of the field in the red zone, you don't see that happen. Nine times out of ten, that ball goes. Steelers corral it, might even go the other way, but it falls right in, right in, right into the belly of a Titans player. It's in that set them up to continue their drive score. I certainly um, am happy with the outcome, but I would have liked to see a full 60 minute effort. So the reason why I'm not buying this Tennessee team is they're so one dimensional with Derrick Henry that if you take Derrick Henry out of the game in which the Steelers defense did, this team can't beat you. They, they can't. I mean, I you're, know, you're number six quarterback. Tannehill. He, he looked okay. He looked good. He, he was able to get okay. the ball. I mean, he was able to get the ball yeah, out Yeah, but T.J. Watt was in Bud. He was in his face, but, yeah. but, 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 but whereas in other games, Pittsburgh was converting pressures into sacks, Tannehill was able to slip away and or get the ball out before the rush was able to get there, and that made the difference. That's why they were able to mount the comeback. Yeah, uh, D. Henry, uh, 75 yards oh, and a crowd touchdown. Him, crowd yeah. him. He's easy. And um, people really thought – I also said that the wrong team was favored here in this game, and they were. And um, the Spillane, meet him in the A-gap. I mean, it's he's, it's he, a car crash. He's and a high-energy player. He, I mean, he, he basically knocked himself out of the game, though. I mean, you're going that, to when you hit, hit a – go, what, the A-gap with a bus? I mean, double-decker. I mean, good for him. I mean, not many humans would meet Derrick Henry in the A-gap. Able to get up and talk and he about didn't, it. He didn't blink. He did his job, and he he got my respect for that one. Not many people would meet oh, Henry in the A gap. I mean, I would, and I'd make that tackle. In the turkey bowl. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd clean that plate, but and then let TJ clean it. But Steelers, front runners, Super Bowl right I, now. Look, they have an offense that isn't going to shoot themselves in the foot. As I said, the fact that they went eight and eight last year with that hodgepodge of people that they put out at quarterback, and is, this is, a is what to how this is what are. I don't get it is they're four and a half dogs against yeah, the some, Ravens no this week. Another great matchup, but there is light out at the end of the tunnel after this game as it gets a lot easier. You got the Cowboys, Bengals, Jaguars, and then the Ravens again. I'm excited for this Ravens game. I project them to lose this one or keep it close, but I would not they're gonna lose if they at, win. I, they're going to lose at some point. Um, the, the teams just don't. 16-0 is, is as tough as 0-16 is. The but, Jets are making that look easy, though. But, yeah, that, but <laughs> Almost ruined my damn parlay. But that's what I'm saying. What's wrong with – yeah, this that was actually the first time they, they covered this year, though. Yeah. Which was um, also – And I tease them down, too, at minus six, and they still almost ruined it. I think that, yeah, the Steelers team is legit. It gets easier. There's only a few more tougher opponents. I mean, I could see his team maybe 14-2 and two at that oh, point. Oh, absolutely. Honestly. absolutely. I, I think at this point anything less than 13-3 and three would be somewhat of a really? disappointment. Um, 
especially like especially depending on later in the year, whenever you know seating might not be as as important. Maybe we sit Ben for a game, maybe lose it. That does happen. So that's what I'm saying. Thirteen and three, fourteen and two is well within reach. But if we can just stay. So ahead with of that, the, do you have the Steelers winning the North? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, really, I, I I think the Ravens are a little bit a uh, little bit of a pretender. That's just my take. I think they they do a lot of gimmicks on defense and offense that the book's a little bit out on. Um, I think the Steelers are actually not favored to win the North right now. That's that's it's um, Ravens at minus one twenty one and talk Steelers at plus one oh five. Talk to me after week eight. Whenever, whenever we beat the Ravens, whatever, whatever. I they've been doubted all year for whatever reason. Minus the lowly the minus are three plus against the against 2000 the Browns to go sixteen to zero. Plus three against the against the Titans. Whatever. Yeah, I don't get whatever. that. But I mean, they're peaking at the right time. Well, not the right time. You don't want to peak. The Jets are now. plus three hundred to go zero and sixteen. And I was looking at their schedule. That is a great possibility. If they go own sixteen, they're not going to beat the Patriots twice, no. or or once. They're, they they just have the Patriots are their boogeyman. I get it. They've already lost the Jets or the Bills they stink. twice. Yeah. Oh no. Jets Jets are horrible. They look good for about a quarter quarter and a half, and after yeah. that, it fell apart again. And then we want to get into the um, game of the week, or in my eyes, is the oh, uh, game last night. It. I was glued to the TV all. All night. I mean, it got it got really juicy towards the end. If you guys were able to catch that game, but I mean, Russell Wilson did not play good. He threw. I guess it was trying to like throw it up, and it sailed on him, and he got picked off in the end zone. And then another one, he tried to do a um, Madden throw toward the middle of the field, and just threw it right to the guy. I mean, Kyler Murray looked like an MVP. Um, he double clicked a on uh yes. on on four verts. It just tossed it right to the linebacker. I mean, Tyler Lockett, he won me two fantasy games this week, going fifteen for two hundred yards and three touchdowns. I mean, hell of a game. The performance of a lifetime for him. This is the first game in NFL history where both quarterbacks threw for three hundred yards and both had over fifty rushing yards. First time in NFL history. I mean, Kyler Murray put on the show. Russ tried to do the most. But this Seahawks team just got exposed. If Russ doesn't be perfect, which he's not going to be, they're going to lose. Um, they should have won, but Arizona got, got some luck. They got some luck, of course, when um, Arizona iced their own kicker in overtime and he missed and Seahawks ran it down. They scored a touchdown, got called back of a holding. They had to punt. Arizona comes down and nails it home. Big win for Arizona. They got to be feeling good at five and two. Seahawks. This defense stinks. I mean, it shows it goes through rust. So I mean, obviously they're a top team in the N N or yeah NFC. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying if Russell Wilson's not perfect week in and week out, they are going to lose. Yeah, and no, I it's he fell apart. Going in, you know, second half, and that's why any given Sunday, that's why they say it. Uh, a lot of people rode off, uh, especially after the Seahawks are able to take the ball, drive right down the field, and score. You thought it was going to be a long game uh, of catch up for the Cardinals, and you know, up ten, two and a half left. You thought the Seahawks still had it, but 
Russell Wilson's not the type to fall apart, but he did, and and it happens. That's why that's what like I said, it's so hard to stay undefeated, so hard to be a 13-3, 14-2 team because games like this happen, letdowns like this happen. But I think this game not only says something about the Seahawks not being, you know, infallible. Cardinals are legit. That's why it doesn't take, you know, four or five years to rebuild. They have a horrible roster a couple years ago. Flip the switch, get get a competent coach, get an electric quarterback. And, you know, people want to play, and that energy build resonates throughout the rest of the locker room. And they're a competitive team, especially, you know, because, because like, you, they were – you know, bottom feeder last couple of years, they have an easier schedule and that helps them, but they're winning games that they traditionally would lose. Um, this one as a shining example, but they beat the 49ers week one. Like they are, they are legit and winning, you know, that, that was Mike McCarthy's huge, huge, uh, his, his, his game breaking take, you know, winning the division helps you winning division games helps you win the division. Um, Cardinals are on pace to do so. Yes, and a big stat from this one is Tyler Lockett is the first player with at least seven receiving touchdowns and 500 yards within his team's first six games of the season since Calvin Johnson in 2011 when he had nine touchdowns and 564 yards. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Lockett's a beast. DeAndre Hopkins a beast. DK Metcalf got a little bit washed out there. Uh, Great hustle play to record the tackle and stop a pick six and get the ball back. But, uh, you know, entertaining game. That's all you could really want out of Sunday night. Uh, absolutely, yes. Seahawks should be on every Sunday night. <laughs> this was their third one in seven weeks, um, which is ridiculous. But they are entertaining. They always find a way to keep it close, uh, whether it's against New England, Minnesota, and now Arizona. Yes. Cool. So we are going to do, um, in the comments here, one A. Pepke, uh, thanks for tuning in, wants us to do pizza rankings. And I thought, as a little fun treat, we would do our top three pizza toppings uh, right before we do our parting thoughts and shots. So what do you think? What's your number one? Putting you on the spot here. Yes, I did not have time to prepare, think, do a list. Yeah, do do some research. But number one, I got to go with mushrooms for sure. Um, some places have bad mushrooms, so you got to stay that doesn't, off. But, but some what? But pizza, but but mushrooms on pizza doesn't hit with everybody. That's, it that's specific. Me. This, this it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. I am not think, a man for the people. I'm a man for myself. What, what what plays well with the crowd at a party? Yeah, well, yeah I don't. At you know before be, before kickoff, not mushrooms. Yeah, it's very. The pizza with the pizza fun. with mushrooms on it goes to the small table. They say, oh, that one is that one has mushrooms on it. If anybody. So big wants big it, shout Chris, out to. I know that's yours. I do got a big shout out to a pizza uh, place right up here, Bishops. I uh, called, make, made a big order in um, six large pizzas. They closed at eight, and then just for me, they stayed open till nine tomorrow night. Big shout out to Bishops. Um, what about you for number one? Number one, green peppers. Fantastic. They add an accent to a pizza. Nice. I little hate crunch. green peppers. Nice little crunch. Give you some nice little sweetness that you, that, that you that you usually don't get. Gotta go green peppers. Uh, snake draft. I'll go two pepperoni. Obviously, pepperoni every day of the week plays well at a party. Uh, nobody's gonna tell you no. Uh, American classic. Yeah, Green I just pep- pepperoni. Don't know anybody that hates pepperoni. Nobody. Yeah, but that is also my number two because you can't get wrong. That's oh, yeah, nice. no, that, that makes sense. So for um, turn around for my third one, I will give you my worst topping. Pineapple. 
No, don't say on that. pizza. Don't say that. No, pineapple they, by itself. I'm, I'm never. I, I'm never yeah. gonna just get pineapple. You gotta get full Hawaiian. Uh, yeah. So obviously you gotta get well, the ham, bacon that, in there all as that well. Shit arrested no, immediately. Come on, man. That that on, does man. not belong on pizza. The trick My is my ancestors no. did not die for Hawaiian to be on pizza. All right, it's meant for itself. Okay. No. Why 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 is everyone gonna get all 2020 all snazzy and jazzy on us when we put Hawaiian? What what's another one? Bacon's fine. I'm okay with bacon. If you want to make that my third favorite, I'm okay with bacon. But that's that's where I draw the line. After bacon, no. Not doing it. You are just the you worst. Are third? Well, it, to, to go in the spirit of worst toppings, yeah. I will give you my other don't worst. Say, don't say mushrooms. No. Okay. no you no, sound no, like you hated them, it. that's all. Extra cheese. You don't like extra Going cheese? Going extra cheese on a pizza, horrible mistake. You're just getting like a, like a cheese soup at that point. So I add my it's own cheese. It's not solid. I throw a little... Um, you can throw some Parmesan. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Throw a little Parmesan. It, that that like fills Parmesan. the cracks and everything. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Yeah, no, I'm yeah talking, extra cheese. Oh, I'm talking sure. like extra mozzarella or whatever blend they have. Yeah. No, dude. Like I said, that's pizza soup at that at that point. Also, I think spaghetti is just pizza soup, but we're not ready to have that conversation. No, yeah, no, we're not. So that was for you, A. Pepke. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for sounding off in the comments. Uh, we are more than happy to... You know, pick up where 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 things take us, uh, but we will finish up with our parting thoughts and shots. We're gonna go to Seaball. Okay, so this is really important because I really had time to think about this, and this is really something that got to me yesterday. And this is kind of a two birds with one stone with the parting thoughts and shots because I need to send shots at the Dallas Cowboys roster. So last week they got le- it got leaked that Mike McCarthy's the problem, and people in the locker room, Ugh. people in the locker room thought that they were going to turn on the coaches, the media, and everybody else, and that's not what happened. The player said, "This is way too early to be doing all this." Operator. So, so it it backfired on the players, and then comes to think of it, if you did not watch that Andy Dalton hit, go back watch it. That's dirty, John Bostic. Got ejected for a good reason, and it brings me back to a day when I I took a dirty hit like that back in uh, sophomore year. I was playing. I got my first career start against a rival team, West Mifflin, in soccer. And soccer talk. And at the time, I was 5'7", 160 pounds, a little smaller, and this guy was maybe six two. I go up for a header, sweeps my legs out, falls on my back, roughs on it, uh, yellow card immediately. And then all I look up, and my guys are on him like white on rice. He's, they shoved him. Guy Connor Zepp, who I used to play with, he got on. He got into a scrum with him. Had my back. That's what teammates are. Each week you're fighting for a guy. And the fact that Andy Dalton was laying there lifeless, and his players did not come to get in John Bostic's face is just ridiculous. I don't know. I, I would be pissed off from Andy Dalton. Mike McCarthy was pissed off, and that tells me that the culture in that locker room stinks, sucks. I mean, that's not good at all. I mean, that's the first time I've ever seen someone lay lifeless, and I, there was no reta- retaliation because in baseball, you get you retaliate. You hit me, I hit you. Um, a big scrutiny was Pouncey. Uh, he almost – Garrett almost killed a guy's quarterback – and he, what do he do? He kicked him in the head. That's what you do. You retaliate when you get a dirty shot. Um, a lot of former players came out and had Pouncey's back because they're like, yeah, you ride for you ride or die for your teammates. And that's just my parting thought and shot. Excellent. Yeah, there was that reporting that came out. You could, you know, 
take anonymous reporting with a grain of salt if you want, but as I like to say, when there's smoke, there is fire. I did not come up with that, but I do like to live by it. Uh, for me, my parting thoughts and shots, I'm going down south to New Orleans. Uh, Michael Thomas, like I said, when there is smoke, there is most certainly fire. I think he's on his way out. I have a little conspiracy going. Uh, I think that he obviously sprained his ankle. That was legit. And I think he wanted to come back earlier than they are letting him. Um, kind of like how you saw with Devontae Adams, you know, outwardly, uh, in, you know, publicly voicing his displeasure of not being able to return to the field as it was dealt, you know, for medical reasons, saying, you know, we just don't need you to win. Let's get you healthy. Guys want to get out there. Guys want to put up stats. You know, that's how they have ragging rights. That's how they make their livelihood. I think he wanted to come back, and I think they wouldn't let him, and I think that really that really pissed him off. I think things got chippy one day in practice with that uh, C.J. Johnson. I think, you know, maybe maybe Mr. Johnson called him soft, you know, started call, start, start, started to call him out, come at his manhood. He threw sucker punch at him, got benched. They're coming up on their bye week. So coming out of a bye week, you should be more than healthy. Thursday, hamstring pull? Thursday hamstring pull. That's to me that's sketchy. I think I think he's doing some sort of, you know, silent type of revolt saying, Oh, you know, if you don't need me to win, I just won't play. I think I think he's getting tired of lame duck Drew Brees arm. And I think he wants out. Maybe, you know, a spot just opened up at wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. They have cap space. I checked. Something something might be brewing there. That's just that's my parting thoughts and shots. Big smoke, big fire guy. Thank you for tuning in with us on this beautiful October 26th, Monday, on an overreaction Monday. Didn't have to overreact that much. We'll have more overreactions next week, but thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at the Gasp underscore podcast. I'm Christy Martino. I am Jake Agut. Thank you for tuning in. Leave a comment, share, like. Look forward to seeing you guys on a beautiful Good Fuel Friday. Quality base here. The eagle has landed.